Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Let's get to some of the news flow here on the business side. Uh, Brian was talking about uh, the volatility in the British pound. Prime Minister Liz Truss has uh, or will host a reception for her cabinet tomorrow, that is Monday in the UK, to get members input into the medium-term fiscal plan that she has put forward. Last Friday, we... uh, Caught the U-turn, right? She rolled back her tax plans and sacked uh, Chancellor of the Exchequer, Kwasi Kwarteng. And the new Chancellor is Jeremy Hunt. He was saying over the weekend, nothing is off the table. That's when he was asked whether he would abandon more of the Prime Minister's initial economic plan. It could perhaps lead to another U-turn to parts or portions of the mini-budget that Trust put forward. Last Friday, she requested that Hunt to basically stick to the remaining measures of her fiscal plan. Plan. Although over the weekend, he said job one is making sure that markets are calm. Paul? St. Louis Fed President James Bullard has left open the possibility of a larger December rate hike. The Fed raised rates by 75 basis points for the third straight meeting last month to a target range of 3% to 3.25%. Officials projected 125 basis points of tightening for the rest of the year, and that would mean 75 basis points in November and 50 in December. But Bullard says still too soon to make the call. A further 25 basis points of tightening is penciled in for 2023, according to officials' median estimates. Let's take a closer look at uh, what we're seeing these days in market action with our guest. Kim Forrest is with us. She is the CIO at Boca Capital Partners on the line from Pittsburgh. Kim, thanks for being with us. That was quite a session here in the U.S. on Friday. S&P down more than 2%. We've got a spike in yields, much stronger dollar. How do you make money in this market? Very carefully. I know I'm being glib, but but not really. Very carefully and extend your timeline. I think the traditional um, looking only a year ahead or, God forbid, a shorter time period than that, it's going to be difficult, if not impossible, to make money. So if you've got a longer-term time horizon, what do you buy now? The stuff that everybody hates. And, I, and by that, I probably mean um, semiconductors. That's a place to start. Um, and, uh, well, that, I'd start there. Let's, let's just leave it at that. So we had Jim Bullard over the weekend indicating that maybe we get another supersized rate hike this month. Uh, um, that would be November. I'm sorry, not October. But uh, December, uh, November, maybe another 150 basis points in total between now and the end of the year. I don't know how much more that would boost the dollar. We had quite the rally in, uh, in the U.S. session on Friday. Dollar has got to be a headwind for some of these multinational firms. And I would put tech in that basket. I would, but again, um, where are you going to go to get semiconductors? Um, you, you know, and and when are you going to get them? That's the other problem. Is we've 
we have kind of this strange thing where most of them are made in Taiwan. Um, I get it that for the short, short term, there's been double, triple ordering maybe, and we have oversupply right now. But I strongly believe that we are going to start really using semiconductors to replace the people that we don't seem to have that want to come to work. So I think that there are bigger headwinds rather than this short-term kind of issue with uh, a little bit of over or maybe even a lot of overproduction, but it's for a relatively short period of time. I want to get to your thoughts on real estate in a moment, but just to revisit that point about the dollar, yes, very strong now. But again, if you take a look at a longer time horizon, how long do you expect it to stay elevated like this? Well, I guess as long as the U.S. has um, elevated uh, interest rates above, uh, you know, with compa- uh, when comparing against the rest of the world, and I think that's one of the main drivers right now behind the strength of the dollar. So, you know, it looks like the Fed is committed through at least the end of this year to continue raising. So um, that would be that, or I don't know if the rest of the world is going to catch up with us. So if the if the Fed remains aggressive, I mean, what are the what's the probability of a broken economy after that? I mean, do, do we go into a recession in your view? Well, I have this feeling that for a lot of people in the U.S., we're already in a recession. Um, it's not in the companies where um, they deal around the world, but for smaller companies and certainly for people who buy gas and have to go to work. And a lot of us no longer have to actually physically go to work, so we can kind of save in that area. But, um, you know, I'm just saying that there's probably a recession right now, and the Fed's going to exacerbate it and maybe make it go worldwide if we continue down this path of extremely um, different interest rates across the world, with the U.S. being very, very high. So with the recession in the background, uh, what do you avoid then if you're buying what everybody hates? <laughs> what are you staying right. away from? Right. Well, again, you know, we have three to five year time period. Maybe I didn't make that explicit. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking for like long, long term, not 36 months, right? Because who knows? I, I'm thinking that the Fed is a thinking organization and they'll figure this out. Um, the Michigan sentiment should have given them some indication that what they've done so far this year hasn't had any real impact on people's lives. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe you shouldn't keep doing what you're doing. I don't know. Kim, I just want to pick up on a, a point we were making where we left off about uh, what you're staying away from. I know you're not a fan of REITs. Well, they, sure. they are defensive, they are stable, but what are the risks for you? Sure. Well, a couple of things, and I didn't quite fully address this. So what the Fed here has done by raising interest rates is they have slowed or maybe even reversed um, real estate prices from rising. And why is that? Well, for real estate that is owned by you know normal people and they live in it, the way we look at real estate here is it's not the absolute value of the real estate when we're buying it, it's cash flow. So it determines, the, the uh, mortgage rate determines how affordable things are. And it had been pretty darn affordable with 3% uh, mortgage rates that, um, that that's where we started in 2022, and now they're at 7 So that is driving down, actually, um, retail real estate. And I would only assume that it would do that for commercial as well. 
the other thing is, is just another thing that I touched on in my earlier segment is a lot of white-collar workers never, no longer drive to work and go to work every single day. So that is going to completely change the way companies use real estate. I mean, I think that we'll always have a, a concept called the office, but it, it's going to look very different than it has for the past, I don't know, 40 years. So where are you in terms of uh, offshore investing right now? Are you seeing opportunities in foreign markets? Anything in Asia that you like? Well, I think we're all kind of captive to the dollar. And if it is a an area of the world that will flourish with a stronger dollar, it may be lo- worth a... Um, a look-see at it. Um, we generally play U.S. companies, but their exposure to different areas of the world, as opposed to directly owning equities in a, a different market. If you're getting long, though, and um, you want to look offshore, uh, and uh, you mentioned semiconductors before, uh, are some offshore semiconductor manufacturers uh, worth a look at the moment? Well, it is kind of a dangerous time, as China kind of has not ruled out, um, you know, a military uh, uh, move on Taiwan. I don't think anyone is really expecting that at this point. But there's other areas that are in the semiconductor chain that may be worth a look. Um, Some of the companies that I follow that, while they may not make semiconductors, they make parts that go into semiconductors, they're domiciled in areas like um, Vietnam, and that might be an area to look at um, because of their uh, relative lower cost of doing business there and their relatively skilled labor that's um, found in that country. So looking there might be a place to start. So I can think of a memory company like Micron versus, let's say, a, a processor uh, that may be produced by a company like Advanced Micro device, uh, Devices or even um, a graphics card uh, created by a company like NVIDIA. There are three choices. Where would you put money to work if I said you have to pick one of the three? I'd pick AMD, well, and Micron, but if, if it's only one, I'd pick AMD. I think that they have a pretty good CEO there that has changed the direction of the company. And I think that that's important that you um, need to think differently in different times. And it seems like that CEO will be able to guide that company through the choppy waters of the semiconductor uh, uh, industry. Just uh, to round off, we heard from Xi Jinping uh, over the weekend, spoke for nearly two hours. Anything in that speech that uh, changed your perspective on investing in China? We've long been uh, leaning away from investing in China for several reasons. Um, First, given their kind of negative growth, um, you know, that was actually caused by China wanting negative growth with the one-child policy, we haven't been really interested in uh, finding companies that might serve that market because we think it's, like a lot of areas in the world, going to be shrinking, but we think mm-hmm. it's going to be shrinking really aggressively. So we've mm-hmm. been staying away from China. 
All right, Kim Forrest, CIO at Boca Capital Partners. Thanks so much for joining us on Daybreak Asia. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at CutterEconomicForum.com.